the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From time to time, we take a look at Isaiah 58, just to remind ourselves once again why the Lord's Day is such an important day. Join us today as we take a look at the Lord's Day here on Abounding Grace. It is said that there are two things that God himself holds in a very jealous, possessive sense. And you can find it in the New Testament. The Lord's table and the Lord's day. Those two he guards jealously. Why? And what is the significance of the Lord's day? We are to honor? Well, let's find out together, shall we? We are in Isaiah chapter 58. From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, here's Pastor Gary Wagner and today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Honoring the Lord's Day, one of the most precious and the most beneficial gifts that God has given His creation, and especially to His children, is the weekly Christian Sabbath, the Lord's Day. Nothing says more about us than our attitude toward and our treatment of the Sabbath. Nothing will bring us more blessings than the Sabbath properly observed. And nothing you or I do is more revealing of the depth and maturity of our Christian faith than the way we observe the Christian Sabbath. And this is all the more true because of the American culture in which we live. Its disregard for the sanctity of the Sabbath reveals its hatred of the God who sanctified it for all mankind. What we see today is America killing itself, trying to convince itself that Sunday is not a holy day. But what makes matters worse is that most professed Christians in America treat the Lord's Day as an ordinary day and not as a holy day. They treat it with the same disrespect that unbelievers treat it, revealing the same hatred of its sanctification. Oh, they may fill a pew at church for an hour on Sunday, but the rest of the day is theirs to play, recreate, catch up around the house, go to a ball game, or do those things they love to do with their family, like watch TV all day. Some churches even further disregard for the Lord's Day by having worship services on Saturday evening, as well as Sunday, for those who want to salve their conscience so they can spend the whole day at the lake or Go to the ball game unfittered by guilt. We cannot entirely blame preachers for their failure to uphold the glory and the beauty of the Sabbath in their congregations. 
leaving the people in the dark regarding the sanctity of Sunday, although they are greatly to blame for what our culture has become. But don't forget, beloved, the word of the law is written on everyone's conscience, whether he is a Christian or not, because he is created in the image of God. And Christians have the law of God engraved deeply as it was rewritten on their hearts by the Holy Spirit, so that when any human being, and especially a Christian, disregard the sanctity of the Lord's Sabbath and treats it according to his own preference rather than according to God's revealed will, willfully suppresses the truth in unrighteousness. He must deliberately deceive himself, callous his own conscience, and contradict what he is as a human being. As the Bible says, those who reject God injure themselves, and those who hate God love death. But we are pro-life. We love life. We gladly recognize the sanctity that God has given to life. We've been given eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been given the Holy Spirit to empower us to live life to the fullest, to the glory of God. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And we know that God has given us His laws in the Bible to protect and enhance and beautify that life that He has given us by His grace. God said in the book of Deuteronomy, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity, in that I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to keep His commandments and His statutes and His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, <clears throat> excuse me, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying His voice, by holding fast to Him. For this is your life and the length of your days. And the fourth commandment in Exodus 20 is one of those divine laws that God has given you that will protect, enhance, and beautify your life and the life of your family if you will simply obey it. Have you ever noticed that the fourth commandment is the longest of commandments? Have you ever asked why? It's to impress us with its central importance. Remember what it says. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, not thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, thy maidservant, nor thy cattle that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sun, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. In fact, this Sabbath day every week is so holy, so special, and so delightful to God that defiantly refusing to observe it and trampling on it by doing whatever we want to do was in the Old Testament a capital crime. 
And I believe it will be in America again someday. Turn with me to these Old Testament passages. First, Exodus 31, 12 through 17. Exodus 31, 12 through 17. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbath you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord, that doeth, that doth sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Every one that defileth shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among the people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is a Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. Remember. This is the word of God. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the Sabbath day he rested and was refreshed. And that is refreshment of joy and contemplation. Now turn to Exodus 35, and I'll read verses 1 through 3. And Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said unto them, These are the words which the Lord hath commanded that you should do them. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be to you an holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. And then in case you're wondering whether they really ever enforced this commandment, Let me read to you Numbers 15, 30 through 36. But the soul that that doeth aught presumptuously, rather he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproacheth the Lord, and the soul shall be cut off from among his people. Because he hath despised the word of the Lord and hath broken his commandment, that soul shall utterly be cut off. His iniquity shall be upon him. And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. And they found him gathering sticks and brought him unto Moses and Aaron and unto all the congregation. And they put him inward or in a jail cell because it was not declared what should be done to him. And the Lord said unto Moses, the man shall be surely put to death. All the congregations shall stone him with stones without the camp. And all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones. And he died as the Lord commanded Moses. Now let me ask you a question. Why is the Christian Sabbath so special to God that he makes the punishment of profaning it so severe? It is because of its purpose in the life of his beloved children. He did not give us a weekly Sabbath to burden us and stifle us, but to free us 
for the glorious privilege of worshiping God and enjoying Him on His day. I'm a beloved, before I go on, the best book I know of by far, although, although there are several books on this subject, is by Joey Piper, who is president of Greenville Seminary, and it's called The Lord's Day. This is a great, great book, and I highly recommend it to you. It's even uh, got a chapter for parents on how to make the Lord's Day delightful to your children. Now, the purpose of the weekly Sabbath is spelled out in God's promises contained in Isaiah 58, 13 through 14. And let's read those verses once again. Isaiah 58, verses 13 and 14. If because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable and honor it, desisting from your own ways, from seeking your own pleasures and speaking your own word, then you will take delight in the Lord. And I will make you ride on the heights of the earth, and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. These are the two verses that we're going to look at today. In Isaiah 58, the prophet is exposing and rebuking Israel's apostasy in general. But specifically, he is rebuking the lifeless formalism of Israel in the worship of God. They go through all the right motions of worship. They do everything in the worship service that God commands them to do. And they take pride in that fact. But it counts for nothing with God at all. Because all along, they are still clinging to their unrepentant sin. And then Isaiah concludes this chapter by calling Israel to repentance and says, if your repentance is real, if the formalism, the externalism of your worship and of your religion is to pass off the scene, then you will delight in the Sabbath and in the worship of God on the Sabbath. And you will observe the Sabbath the way God has commanded in His Word. In other words, he is saying... The antidote to this formalism, this hypocritical externalism of going through all the right motions while the heart is far from God. The antidote is the great privilege of the Sabbath and the blessings of God that comes with the proper heartfelt observance of the Sabbath day. So let's look at verse 14. Because in that verse, we are given promises from the living God for those who honor the Sabbath day. And there are basically three. He says, first of all, you will take delight in the Lord. And that's a promise. The word delight in Hebrew means exquisite pleasure. So the delight in the Lord is to be overwhelmed with His glory, to be overwhelmed with His majesty, all of His perfections, all of His works of creation and providence and redemption, to be overwhelmed with what God has revealed about Himself in the Scriptures. It's also to enjoy communion and infinite fellowship with Him and gratitude and praise for His loving you in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So the Lord's day is a day in which God says, you will delight in me. You will find the greatest pleasure and joy in your life as you repent of your sins and treat this day as the holy day that it is. And on that day, as you delight in me, I will come to you and will enjoy communion and fellowship with you. Notice the second promise. The second promise, God says, is, I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. Beloved, this is the language of victory. Turn with me to Deuteronomy where we see this phrase occur. Deuteronomy 32, 9 through 13. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in a waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye, as an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields. That is, he gave him victory over all of his enemies. Look at the 33rd chapter of Deuteronomy, verses 26 through 29. There is none like unto the God of Jeshurun, who rideth upon the heaven in thy help, and in his excellency on the sky. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, Destroy them. Israel, thou shalt dwell in safety alone. The fountain of Jacob shall be upon a land of corn and wine. Also his heaven shall drop down dew. Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people, saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help, and who is the sword of thy excellency. And thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. So here the promise of God, taken from this language of Deuteronomy, says that if you delight in the Sabbath, God will cause you to rise to the heights of the earth. That is just as he promised victory for Israel from all of their earthly enemies. As they are faithful to him, so God down through the ages promises to faithful savage keepers victory over all of their enemies. And what are our greatest enemies in this world? The world, the flesh, and the devil. This present evil with all of its temptations and seductions. Satan that energizes this age and seeks to make all people do his will. The sin that still remains in us and clings to us. Those are the greatest enemies we will ever face. And God says to those who faithfully keep the Sabbath, I will make you ride on the heights of the earth and give you victory over the greatest and most threatening enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. In other words, to put it in New Testament language, Sabbath keeping is a means of grace. If we keep the Sabbath as God demands us, then God will help us to die more and more unto sin and grow more and more unto righteousness. 
He works in our lives, conforming us more into the image of Christ and bringing our lives and our behavior and our desires into greater conformity to the revealed will of God. I believe one of the reasons for the prevalent spiritual and moral weakness of the church today is the failure to honor the means of grace. Most particularly, the failure to honor the Lord on His day. Now notice the third promise in verse 14. God says, I will feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. Now to feed on an inheritance is a figurative language for enjoying the benefits of that inheritance. So when God says, I will make you to feed off the inheritance of Jacob your father, he is promising us full and practical enjoyment of all the promises of God's covenant and all the benefits of salvation. He says, if you repent of your sins and you keep this day as I require, then I will cause all my promises in my covenant with you to come true in your life. I will cause you to experience in your own personal history all the privileges and benefits and blessings of salvation. And if you doubt whether or not this is a certain promise to each of us, Notice how he concludes the verse. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That guarantees the certainty of these promises. God has spoken it. He will cause us to delight in him, to be overwhelmed with his majesty, to enjoy communion with him. He will feed us all the promises he has made and he will give us victory over all our enemies, as we are faithful to keep His Sabbath day holy. But we must ask a question to be good and serious students of the Bible. These promises are in the Old Testament. Can we be sure that these Old Testament Sabbath promises apply to us today? And the answer is, most definitely particularly when we go back to the broad context of our text. Going all the way back to Isaiah 53, we see a great messianic prophecy, a great prophecy of Jesus Christ and the life of His disciples in the New Covenant. In chapter 53 of Isaiah, verses 5 and 6, you have the gospel spelled out as clearly as anyone could want it, that the Lord Jesus Christ came as the suffering servant to lay down his life for sinners. It says, All we as sheep went astray, we turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord laid on him the afflictions and chastisement of us all. Then in chapter 54, he prophesied the glorious and global effects of that suffering and death of the Messiah in the, the global success of the gospel and the conversion of a multitude of people from all over the world. In Isaiah 55, he calls us to faith in Christ and repentance of our sins. In Isaiah 56, he shows us the place the Sabbath will have and the new covenant during the reign of Christ, which is now in chapter 57, he promises us peace and restoration and fellowship with God in Christ through faith and repentance. 
In Isaiah 58, he promises that those who repent during the reign of Christ will renew the old cities, be the repairers of the breach and restorers of the ancient ruins. And then he concludes the prophecy about life in the new covenant under the Lord Jesus Christ with these verses on the Sabbath, its promises and conditions. The point is, these verses, 13 and 14, do most certainly apply to us today. And when a person says, that's Old Testament, it doesn't apply to me. Beloved, that is his way of suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. All of these promises that are set forth for us here in verses 13 and 14 are the very things we as Christians long for. We long for deeper and more intimate communion with God. We long for spiritual victory over our enemies. We long for the practical enjoyment of the privileges and the blessings of salvation and the coming true of the promises of God in our lives. These promises are for us. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402-1484, Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.